Uh, welcome back to the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. We're a drinking podcast with a comic book problem. Shake the shit out of it. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. We are on our second week of I Hate Fairyland, Woot Woot, a book that speaks deeply to the go fuck yourself part of all of our dark little hearts. Um, yep. With the, uh, oh gosh, no, I can't do it that way. I was going to try to like introduce like the darkest of hearts to the lightest of hearts, and I don't know if I could do it. Because um, we're all tied. We're all, we're all complete little angels. No. Oh, I, here's the thing. <laughs> Todd's third place. I think I'm second because I'm the most naive and kind of stupid. Maybe Todd's you're third saying, You're saying that Adam and I are tied for first. Yes, that's saying. exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> well, well, because I'm okay <laughs> with that. Well, fuck you, you old bitch. <laughs> There's the no one part. that I would rather share a throne with than Adam <laughs> <laughs> whose soul is blackest. <laughs> Well, you are the panelist who shall not be named. That's true. I know. This is true. <laughs> true. Anyway, by means of introduction, that was as good as it's going to get. We have Lena, we have Todd, we have Adam, we have me, I am Brian. Uh, so, uh, this week, uh, we basically find out the uh, the what happens after um, Gertie? Gert, Gertie. Uh, Gert becomes Gertie. queen she's... and lasts as a whole issue. She doesn't become, she's not queen for very long, uh, but she does destroy a whole <laughs> bunch of shit. Um, and then uh, goes on with uh, the rest of her merry little way um, and mayhem in Ensues. But Mr. Adam, what is our cocktail for this week? So for the, for the web page, I called it Dragon P, but I'm calling it Dragon Piss because why okay. not? Uh, you're going to take a ice filled glass. You're going to fill it with one ounce of butterscotch schnapps, one ounce of cinnamon schnapps, and four ounces of Mountain Dew. Uh, you stir and garnish with an orange peel. Uh, okay. I didn't say it was good. I mean, it's called piss. So Did I ever tell you about the dragon juice I had in college? I had a oh roommate God. that was much too nerdy for his own good. And yeah. this was yeah. still young internet because we're old. I'm old. Everyone else is a young whippersnapper. I, I, I will say is, this in general. Prefacing this, there is nothing more dangerous than smart people interested in getting stoned. Just going to put that out there. <laughs> so, as discovered, <laughs> if, if you've got a double boiler, you have Everclear, and you have pot, you put the Everclear in the double boiler, you throw in the pot, the THC will become imbibed in the Everclear. And then you add a little bit of honey and a touch of Sprite and you have this murky green fluid called dragon juice. I call mine something else, but go ahead. So whenever <laughs> you're like dragon piss or up, but there's dragon juice and we had a friend, I think he was stoned for like three days. Oh yeah, no. Off of this they, stuff. The way I always tell the story and at least the way I remember it is they drank it. Uh-huh. Two days later, we saw them come out, get some water and then go away again. <laughs> Like, we didn't see them for like three I, I still have that strainer. So every time I pull that strainer out to strain stuff, I just look at that and think of my dragon, of the dragon juice, and it makes me smile. Yeah. So, dragon piss. Dragon, dragon piss. Okay. Well, Todd, what is your drinking game rule for this week? I hate Ready Player One. <laughs> so, okay. uh... <laughs> For those of you that have read Ready Player One, as you're going through trade volume number two and going, huh, I think there was some inspiration there. Go ahead and take a drink. You're going to get drunk. And see, Ready Player One is the worst thing in the world for Todd because he has no sense of nostalgia for the 80s. Like, none whatsoever. It's pointless. I mean, it was, you know, it was the worst of times, and yet it was the amped up worst of times. <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, Lena, what is your drinking game rule for this week? Poor Larry. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, every time you see Larry just not looking good, which is a lot of this book, um, and my guess is a lot of our next two uh-huh. trades or two, two volumes. Um, take a drink again, small sips. Um, take two drinks or two sips when you see him crying. <laughs> Wow. Poor Larry. <laughs> Poor Larry. Mr. Adam, what is your drink game rule for this week? So for a fun note, uh, Todd stole mine. And oh. then I hurried and found a second one that uh, Lana stole. Uh, <laughs> so, so mine, Let's see if you steal mine then. Good thing I didn't uh, go again. So mine Do is uh, sound effects. Every time you see a swoosh or a boom or a quick, quick crack, uh, take a drink. Okay, so mine's not quite as evil, but pretty fucking close. Uh, I'm calling mine cleanup on aisle five. Every time you see fluids that are probably blood and or slime or the essence of some character that has been brutally harmed, take a drink. I almost also called that the uh, uh, Evil Dead 2 rule, but uh, I'm going to go with cleanup on aisle five. So, okay, uh, Mr. Adam, because I know you reviewed this recently, because here's the thing. I tried flipping through it uh, briefly before we started recording. I remember what happened at the end of the first issue, which is basically Gert goes around, destroys fucking everything and gets fired as the as the queen. She now is sent out in the world, and to her understanding, there is a portal somewhere that will get her home, and somehow it is connected to this weird kid in dino pajamas. Is that correct? That's sort of what I remember. No, I just remember that he, I, again, I did a quick flip through. I didn't read it. So he ends up getting sucked into fairyland because he has to go to the bathroom and goes into an outhouse uh-huh. and gets sucked in. And then she finds him, and they kind of both have the same idea of trying to get back, because they try to use the dragon pee to hop like in the little DeLorean van to mm-hmm. go back and obviously he's on a dragon and then they try to find the little uh and this part actually really reminded me of scott pilgrim when they find the little coin and they go to the yeah. arcade machine and play street fighter and stuff see, and then she loses him in the bed oh really was that ready player one for you see i just went full on scott pilgrim because the way they did the combos when he fights yeah. the first uh the, the indian dude in the first was the first book and part of the movie um and then basically at the end everything goes to hell and she makes the wrong choice and then we're in mad max future and my favorite, my, my favorite moment in the whole thing is when Larry finally dies, and he's so excited, and he's so happy, and he's old as shit. Like he's like Gandalf, wizard fly, and then it all starts yep. over again. But yeah, that's that's kind of the synopsis: is that they're both trying to get home. She loses Dragon Boy in a duel, or a, yeah, the duel, and then he becomes this huge monster. They fight at the end. Okay, cool. Well, and then it all reverts because she did the whole Charlie Day, you know, poster board with all the lines going everywhere, and then it all goes yeah. Shit. Uh, Mr. Adam, uh, what are your thoughts on this on the second volume of uh, I Hate Fairyland? Uh, it's still just as fun. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, it, you kind of wonder where are they going to take this. He's now the queen, and that's the last thing she wanted to be and then she's like oh well i just like the fact she blows everything up yeah like even when she gets her bad performance review and gets fired she's like just make sure you tidy up before yeah boom yeah like, like i just i thought that was absolutely hilarious uh and it's again it's just kind of more the development of the relationship between her and larry and it's still just as fucked up and horrible as it was and I, I can't help but just love the fact that this person literally has no fucks to give. Just yeah. doesn't. Been out of him for a long time. Been out of him since years before book one. And it just keeps on going with it. And she doesn't learn any lessons, as evidenced at the very end when she has to go back in time and have herself go down the other path. And there's only two paths, you know, yeah. 50-50 shot. Uh and she's even told, like, you're gonna make yourself forget, you're gonna make it too complicated. Oh no, I won't. Oh, yeah, yeah, you did, you did. 
So it's almost like at this point, she's almost a, she's almost the cause of her victimhood because she refuses to learn any lessons. And she is the true deaf. I'm kind of surprised. I almost recommended this one, the, the first issue for uh, when we did Antihero Month, female antiheroes back at the beginning of the year. Uh, but it's it's still stupid. It's fun. I love I still love Scotty Young's art. I love everything about it. Uh, I think maybe the first one was a little bit stronger just because it was kind of that new that new graphic novel smell. It's a new world mm-hmm. we're in. Uh, and we kind of already know the rules. And then some a few new things get popped out as far as like, oh, we can go into this machine and this arcade and possibly get out. Uh, but again, it's just, it's, it's more of the same continuing the story doesn't throw many curveballs at you. So if you're a fan of the first one, you're absolutely going to love this one because you're just getting exactly what you signed up for. Cool. Uh, Lana, you're not in your head. What are your thoughts? Um, I really liked the beginning of it where she's like dreaming herself to be, this like crazy evil queen and everyone has fallen into her evilness. Um, I think my favorite is the little like fluffy care bear character. That's just like sitting there all cute. And then he's just like, let's do this. And he goes totally evil. And I was like, okay, I'm in. Um, And then the fact that he like rips the heart out of the big monster. And I'm just like, what in the hell? And then you realize she's, sleeping and she's dreaming all this because i was like oh good they aged her so maybe once Mm -hmm. she became like queen she was able to like not be a little girl and no that was just her dream yeah um and that was one of her good dreams (laughs) yeah Yeah, she was and i love that she wakes up and immediately stabs one of the guys in the eye and um and larry's whole thing which was like (laughs) kill anything that wakes me traumatic stress disorder and Oh, I know people that are like that. So, um, the, the story is fairly simple. I still love the fact that even when she's trying to be like, get out of there and, and try to be quote unquote good or nice, she just can't do it. Um, and it's just like, not a part of her or anything. And the fact that she gets fired and she's like, okay. And you know, and then, you know, and I love the fact that when she blows up the, the kingdom, she's like, like some things can only be cleansed with fire. Like, yes. That's it. <laughs> They're like running away from the, from everything. And so I don't know. I thought it was, it was good. It's fun. It's um, I'm interested to see what the next two volumes are going to bring. Um, I was kind of over the little dude in the dinosaur dragon outfit shit. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, and I don't know if this is just me, but every time I see her in this tavern, um, I just keep thinking of Shrek two when the King goes to see Puss in Boots and it's the ugly stepsisters place. Mm -hmm. And like, Mm -hmm. it's all the, the like villains that are in there. And that's every time I see her in her like cloak, just like hanging out at the, at the pub. And I'm just like, that kind of looks like that. Um, but it's a lot of, it's a lot of gore. Um, and I just felt bad for Larry. He says he cries like all the time. And then it even ends the the volume with him just like bawling in tears. (laughs) So yeah. Um, I do like the way that they made her look at the end when she comes back from the future and she's got the like mohawk Mm -hmm. curls, still the curls, but but just a mohawk girl vibe. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And everything. And 
Or when they they give the um the blind seer guy eyes and then he opens them and he, it's like all infected and she's like, oh no, it's great. <laughs> the fucking thing we're gonna go. <laughs> and so there's a lot of stuff in here that I really enjoyed. The part in the arcade game I could have done without, but that's and see, it, when she um, fought the pretty princess lady, all I could see in my head was when Shrek 3 is when there's like the print, like Snow White singing, and then starts singing Led Zeppelin and like just starts throwing all the evil things. Like, I just, <laughs> I lost my shit at that one. I, yeah, and I think it's because I'm just not a video game person. I just, I'm not very good at any of that shit. And so, um, like, I could do Pac Man. I really miss Pac-Man and that's, and like, that's pretty much it. Like I don't really do arcade games. So um, I didn't really, I was like, I, I get it, but uh, not my cup of tea. Um, so yeah. I, but even when she's like going through the bag um, that Larry always carries around of all her shit that she's <laughs> kept over the years um, and she goes through everything. She starts killing people in the damn bat, like in her <laughs> little storage unit and everything too. And while Larry's waiting for her, they're all getting wasted and whatnot. Like, it's just not, it looks like it should be kind of, it's very cutesy, um, but not cutesy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you start out cutesy and then you realize this is not cutesy at all. There's a lot of blood and a lot of gore and, She's fucking hilarious. I just, I love Gertrude. She cracks me up um, just with everything. Cause it's just, there's, there's just this like wake of destruction. <laughs> and Larry has to witness it all. Yeah. And he just seems like such a cute little bug. And now <laughs> he's just, he's like so jaded and just like, whatever, just let me die. Like yeah. I don't even care anymore. And Yeah. So I'm very interested to see. I haven't skipped ahead yet, so I haven't I haven't read the next volume. So I'm interested to see what where we go next with with Gertie. Well, and honestly, it's been long enough since I've read it that I'm kind of going to be surprised as well because I forgot. I'm like, I know I've read all of these, but I don't remember. It's it, I've read enough things since this that I mm -hmm. I don't remember all of it. But I mean, I haven't read anything in between reading it a couple weeks ago and now, and I forgot it all. So yeah. Uh, Mr. Todd, what are your thoughts? Act one was better than act two okay. at the end of the day. So this whole thing was set up beautifully and had one of the strongest starts of a series I've read in a long time. So act two is where we're here in Fluff My Life. Mm -hmm. Great name, by the way. Is <laughs> you really do have um, Gertie, the person without empathy, you know, no fucks to give. And you have the emotional sense center of Larry. And we're all kind of Larry watching this mayhem happen. And, you know, and you have Gertie, again, without the fucks or he refuses to learn anything she might as well be um seinfeld what was her name El elaine El elaine elaine yeah, Gertie's elaine. kind of like elaine yeah as i'm reading this through here i mean here's uh, the just, seinfeld is is, is it, all of those characters are relatively a, irredeemable by the end of the day you know what I mean? that's right none yeah. of them have learned anything and that's yeah. kind of the point right yeah um so she hasn't learned anything and she just continues going on she destroys everything and she wants to get home but does she really sometimes mm -hmm. i wonder that yeah it's um is she enjoying herself too much of being just a horrible person at this point in time if she does get home is she so mentally scarred i don't care if she comes out as the same age she went in or if she's a full-grown adult what's next mm -hmm. for this person well, here she you know? gets out she's gonna be a homicidal maniac which she's right. been this entire time <laughs> right what's next i'm like 
like is like the Dexter path, the yeah. best way forward for her. So it's um, it was uh, it wasn't more of the same. They did some different things going on, and the whole thing of a reset is you've gone through this, you chose poorly, and we're going to reset the whole thing, but you haven't learned anything. So let's see how it's different next time. And it um, felt very episodic mm-hmm. with just the nature of what that is. We'll see um, how the character evolves. If, if they evolve. the character yeah. evolves at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I feel for Larry. Yeah. And it's Larry that keeps it grounded, because without Larry, I think it would just be a little too ridiculous. Well, yeah. So. Okay. I mean, I think it's... Yeah. Really ridiculous to begin with, but yes, okay, I understand your point. But sure, but Larry, I mean, it's there, there's a grounding element with Larry that keeps yeah. you going. Yeah, and I think I, I think your description of it being episodic, I think it sort of speaks to the idea of like it's the slight treading water in the story to get to the next thing. You know what I mean? And it feels like it might have right. been like a hey, I had this original story. Oh fuck, it's popular. I got to keep doing this. Oh shit, I got to think of something. Well, I'll play with this for a little while hey. until I figure out what I really want to do. You know, Harry Potter pulled the same thing with Chamber of Secrets. You could take Chamber of Secrets and put it anywhere between book two and the last movie. It could have happened at any point and it wouldn't have mattered. Interesting. It's a very self-contained in a bottle chamber. All the others build on one another. Right. But Chamber of Secrets is this in the bottle kind of a deal. And I'm like, when does Chamber of Secrets happen? Is immaterial when it happens? It just did. Yeah. Kind of a deal. And the rest are very much building upon next, yeah. next, next. But Chamber of Secrets going, oh, look, he uh, did another cool thing and everything was all right and everything reset at the end of it. And now we're on to our next one. And what did he actually take away from that is the information he learned could have happened at any time and it didn't matter. Yeah. So, and, um, but very much going back is, oh, the first one is popular. Let me figure out, let me tread water while I figure out where this is actually going to go. Mm-hmm. This one feels very similar to that as Chamber of Secrets did for me. And I've only seen the movies, so I haven't read the books, but. No, that's you're, you're pretty accurate yeah. in, in that, even with the books, like the, the first three movies are fairly close. Like there, there's not much of a editing that happened with the movies from the books because they sure. just weren't very long, but no, you're right. And and I would argue that you're you're right, it's self-contained, but because all the other movie after the after that, once you hit the third book on, because they do all build on each other, putting that mm-hmm. anywhere else would feel extremely out of place because they were supposed to still be somewhat naive. And as that was like one Porsche, like one part of learning about Voldemort. So I agree, but I also see as to why it fit where it fit um, as well. Because it still does fit within everything. They do tie it into the rest of it, but it does feel a little... Oh, look, in the, the movies. Oh, look, I well, learned after the, the fact. And that's the problem, is in the movies, yeah. they make it very much, like, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, yeah, this is this was a horcrux. And it, in the books, I feel like it is tied a little bit more into it. Um, as you start learning about what horcruxes are in the sixth one is when you, they just, they cut so much out of that movie because there's just, there's too much. Um, well, I think that's kind of the thing with the horcruxes and the importance of Tom Riddle's diary and everything else. Like, I don't think she honestly knew what the fuck she was going with this. I think she wrote a book and all of a sudden it was like, oh my God, this is really popular. Let me get going. She came up with a cool idea, put it in there. And I, I honestly don't believe that she had this whole idea for these seven books and where it was going to go and how it was going to end until maybe she was done with the third book. And then she's like, okay, shit has to start happening now because we've, you know, it's, we've been talking about this, talking about this, where's it going? 
it's the same way that George Lucas says, like, oh, I had episodes one through six planned the moment I wrote the first one. Wait, you smell that? It's bullshit. That's uh, right. Yeah. So I, I don't I don't think she had a plan. So I in the sense that while what happens in the second book and slash movie is important, like we said, with the Horcrux and everything else, uh, that's probably one of the only really big parts you could take away from that. And then obviously going back to the Chamber of Secrets later on to get the Basilisk Tooth and everything else. Um, I don't know. I, I still like the, the the first two books. I mean, they are definitely the books after that mature and grow, even as, as her writing does, gets longer and longer. Uh, that woman but, needed an editor. My wife was under. Writer. After book four, she's just like, did she fire her editor or something? No one can tell her to, you need a Con- contractually she no longer needed one yeah so there was and no i tell. and i yeah. brought it up before it was there so, the Johnson brothers and falls off <laughs> yeah and where it's just like all right we've got you know we we have you know creative control of the first three books and then what and then she's just going to write until her hand hurts and it's that's exactly how it felt because i read the first three books really fast Mm -hmm. and then you get to the fourth one and you're 130 pages in and they haven't even gotten past the world quidditch cup and you're just like okay i can't what what the hell's going on here when the hell are we getting to the actually the story i don't give a shit about the because they you're not even getting into like the big portion of what happened at the world quidditch cup what the actual like part of what happened to to that moved into everything else with the um with the theaters and and everything was like two pages or two or three pages out of the like 128 or whatever that she had written and it's like i don't need three pages on how the tent was bigger on the inside than it was on the outside like what is this we get it you like doctor who yeah. <laughs> it's a very british so, thing to be into it is a very yeah, british thing to be into so it's just so and i think that in that case is it is wouldn't surprise me if you're right in all of that um todd where it's like they had this really cool idea for the first trade where it was like this is you know it's it's a world where you think she's going to be so excited and in the end she mm-hmm. freaking hates it and she's this almost like maniac who looks like a little seven-year-old and um and because she doesn't know how to be nice to people and 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 everything she just gets stuck in this world and now i i wish there was a i was really excited when i saw her at the beginning as like this big evil queen i would have loved to have seen that be the progression where it was like now everyone in fairyland is evil and they've bought into her like bullshit gladiator (laughs) bs right and that i feel like would be way more exciting to to see how she became queen and infected everything rather than everyone still looking at her and being like you're freaking insane and we need to get rid of you i think that would have been a more because when i realized it was a dream i was like oh that sucks (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a little bit because she gets fired and what that does storytelling wire just brings her right back to where she was yeah they go and tell the story the story ends and it's like oh now we're going to reset and we're going to bring you right back mm-hmm. to where you, you were yeah so and, and you know you go through the thing he's like oh you have new funky powers i mean not necessarily powers but you've learned all this stuff we're going to forget it all and now we're going to bring you back to nothing and how do you um the real art of writing well is um, you know raising stakes raising you know you've learned stuff but how still make it feel like the stakes matter and here it feels very much of i need to reset this because that's the mode i'm used to writing it in or that's what sold well let's do more of that 
and where did it this one did not have the evolution that would have been nice yeah i agree with that okay so yeah i mean the first six issues the first trade or four issues whatever it was was great and was this, this a little bit of went so seven? well okay so the first, the first trade was six issues yeah and it um did scotty young go holy shit i've got to do more now oh, no first one was five this starts on six okay yeah and, and, and like, todd that's where i'm thinking he's like oh my god yeah. this actually sold <laughs> Right. So, so many image books where it's creator-owned, it's like on you. He's like, oh, wow, this did all great. Um, well, yeah, let's keep going. Um, here we go. And it felt a little bit like that. And is Fluff My Life, both for the writer-artist <laughs> at the same time as Gertie, a little bit going through? I could very much see that being the case. Yeah. And he's also growing as a writer, because was this his first major um, writing gig? I think it probably uh, was. Uh, it up. Because he was the artist for all those Oz books. I've got that Oz omnibus from Marvel. And the thing's not small. Oh, no. I've, I've had that sitting t- on my to-be-read pile forever. Because I think I don't have uh-huh. a desk big enough, or at least not full of enough shit, that I can set it down and actually read it. So, I did get the uh, biggest omnibus I own recently came. No, second biggest. And I got the Justice League Dark New 52. It's 1,600 pages in that book. Oh, my God. So, Harry, so what you're telling me is, is Goblet of fire <laughs> right it's of fire so the um but yeah going back to this again is if this was his first major writing gig it's that you know it's like here's a wonderful start keep it going that as a um you know getting act two continuing to be good is um i'm not a writer mm-hmm. i'm not saying anything there but it does seem that this had a challenge to that in a critique form so but the, the art continues to be wonderful the elements are great but yeah the trade felt like treading water yeah so he this actually was his first real thing he did he did a one-off of uh, rocket the raccoon uh before guardians of the galaxy the movie came out but this was okay. like, his first take at actually writing himself i mean he had tons of artwork he had of course the right wizard of oz this was his first like oh i'm actually in charge of everything on this so sure and what a great debut but yeah hope he got better <laughs> <laughs> And he's had multiple gigs since then, like his Deadpool run, he didn't do the art on, he was the writer for. Yeah. So um, another artist writer that became more writer in a lot of ways is like Chip Zdarsky Mm -hmm. was an artist for the longest time, but he, most of his recent stuff is writing. Yeah. And I think what they figure out when you're a writer is you can uh, write six times as many things as what you can draw. And it takes less time and it's less stressful. And if you're good at that there, it's, yeah, it's just a, yeah, fewer hours with a lot more output. Yeah, and I think also a lot of uh, a lot of artists start suffering from you know physical pain as well. So like a certain point in time, transitioning yeah. to writing, if you can do it, it's just going to be better on you for the long haul. You have a longer career. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Ryan, what's your thoughts? My thoughts, I, I agree with um, pretty much everything that's in here. Like, I like it okay. The first issue by far shines for me. Um, it feels like it's treading water, and I think it gets somewhere cool, but I'm kind of waiting for that to happen. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see what happens here, but I enjoyed it. Like, it's a fun read. It's just not like, right. the first one's like, a, you gotta fucking check this out. This one's like, okay, it continues on, um, and so I'm more interested to see what happens. I know. mean, it's not quite encyclopedia Edia Brown or Hardy Boys uh, yeah. level of episodic, but yeah, right. No, it's true. It's or a Nancy Drew. That's no, a little more boxcar children. I read those first two like thirty times. I didn't read much beyond Surprise Island. <laughs> I'll be honest. I don't even think I've read past <laughs> the first one. I just threw it out as a reference. Um, <laughs> uh, Lena, what is your grade? Is box- before your time, Elena. I never read. I, I know what Boxcar Children are like the books, but I never read them. Technically, Boxcar Children was before our time, Todd. We just had a school that had <laughs> old books. 
I, I, read I also read all library. of the um, uh, Big Brain, Great Brain. It was about uh, 1800 Southern Utah smart aleck kid. So basically, smart alecky Encyclopedia Brown, but in Southern Utah. Kind yeah, of I never heard of that one. That just can't, sounds yeah, cool. you wanna... can't say that that was something they had in Pittsburgh. When I was <laughs> And I Southern read Utah books Hank are very popular dog. in Pittsburgh. I know. So I did. I, I, I did read Hank the Cow Dog. He was a, uh, a yeah, dog in like the Panhandle of Texas. So that's what I get for. Was that the dog. origin of cat dog? No. Okay. Okay. So where it poops. Okay. Uh, it pukes. Everything. Great. Great. Lena, what's your grade? I'm gonna give it a B. I like the the art on this was good. Mm-hmm. I you know I don't think it was bad per se, but definitely not as much. Not um, exactly what I was hoping for i still like a lot of things and i just feel bad for larry so yeah. cool uh mr adam uh, i'll go with the b as well uh another time when score creep happens uh i think i enjoyed it a bit more at the beginning than i did at the end of this <laughs> yeah uh, again is there anything wrong with it no it's it's not like it's bad or anything uh it is more of the same and as, as todd said it's the the let's hit reset and see what happens and nothing really different happens it's kind of the same thing just she's mad max girl at the end and not the queen but yeah if you like the first one you're gonna like it there's nothing wrong with it it's just as Lena said, there's a there was a cooler story we could have had that unfortunately we didn't get. So Mr. Todd. B minus. Arts and A, writing's a C. B minus. Okay. I'm gonna creep up just a little bit more. I'm somewhere, I'm gonna probably say a B plus, but I'm borderline on A minus. Just because I think it looks weaker based on the previous volume, because I think the previous volume is so much fun. But I still had more fun reading this than some other stuff I've read. Like I still think it's a fun, solid, you know, half hour read or whatever it takes you to read it. But uh oh. Oh, I will tell you this. This was way more fun for me to read than Swamp Thing. Yeah. <laughs> you like, I just was listening to it. You like some of the Swamp Things. Or, or Crossed, Adam. <laughs> it's their fault. I told them to read it years ago. <laughs> So I will say that this is much more enjoyable, even with all the gore and everything, than reading Crossed. So I'm just going to throw that out so, there, So too. wait, wait, wait. Real question. Crossed, Rover, Red, Charlie. Crossed, Rover, Red, Charlie. You know, I hate to say it, but I still think I'd much rather cross over Ro- Red, Rover, Charlie. Yes. <laughs> I win. I, you cannot hurt dogs and think <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be okay with it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, that's just not. No, no. There will I... be none. I'll read Science Dogs dog again before i read anything else that has to do with puppies where they get hurt i can't i can't do i can't do things amazing we've already done that one though haven't we we did it a long time ago that was an early one we've done a few yeah yeah Cool. Uh, next week, guess what? Volume three. Uh, we're going to keep reading uh, I Hate Fairyland. There's only four volumes of it. Uh, and so then I guess well, that'll put us into yeah. February. We're going to have to figure out what we're going to have to do for uh, if we're going to do Black History Month, if we're going to do something else, but we'll figure it out. I thought we already uh, picked the books. Did yeah. we? Oh, okay. We did. And I have them written down, I'm sure, somewhere. Uh, it's been a long week. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah. So anybody else have anything they want to add? No. No. Nope. Volume three <laughs> is called Good Girl. So maybe that is a good, Who's a good girl. Who's a good girl? <laughs> Girl. Yes, you are, Brian. Yes, you are. Yes, yes you are. are. You're a good gosh. girl. My dog just like looks at me sort of sideways, like, "Are you talking to me?" I suspected <laughs> it might be me. Am I the good girl? I might be. Well, we all know Lena and I aren't the good girls. We're sharing the throne of evil. So yeah, That's true. Okay. Uh, anyway, okay. Well, bad girls, we're gonna leave you at that. Uh, <laughs> thanks for joining us. Uh, join us next week for I Hate Fairyland Volume Three. Who's a good girl? Uh, And we will see you all later. Bye. Bye.
So, Lena, if we're on the throne of evil, what are we decorated with? Tinsel. Skulls. Skulls? Skulls. That's so, that's so, like, passe, and everyone has that. I know, but isn't that what you... I mean, that's how you keep people away. I don't know. No, it has to gl- be no, black glitter. Black glitter. Because <laughs> it's the most glitter. evil thing in the world is glitter. <laughs> the herpes of schools. The herpes glitter. of... Yeah, the herpes of crafting. Hey, they they call it drag herpes for a reason. Oh, my God. I hate glitter. Yeah, Amy has I hate glitter so banned in her school. Like, no glitter. Oh, glitter yeah, banned. Now. Yeah, she has imposed a glitter band. Yeah, as she should. So her She's teachers smart. can't, like, don't do glitter. It just oh, eats. I think you said, like, glitter band. Like, the band has glitter on it. No, no, no. B-A-N-N-E-D. Oh, okay, that makes more sense. This so, has E-D. Yeah. Uh, so when I first started working at Disney, um, I, my first gig was in Small World, putting in all the Christmas stuff. And even the regular uh-huh. show scenery is covered with fucking glitter. So for, like, three weeks, I would come home every day looking like I was rolling around in a strip club, just covered in fucking glitter, like, everywhere. It is nasty. Yeah. I don't understand why people love glitter stuff. And it ends up, and then, you like... You'll think you finally got it off of everything. And then all of a sudden you'll like, I remember Tori made something and all of a sudden it was like a few weeks later, she just had one speck like right here. And I'm like, where the hell? And she goes, I have no idea. I have no idea where it came from. I'm like, don't, I don't understand why people use it. It gets everywhere. You can't keep it on anything. I don't, I just don't. So in lessons and how to be an asshole. If you're wanting to get back at someone is you dump glitter into their AC vents of their car. Yes. Because for months, if not years, every oh, no. time that compressor kicks on, a little bit of glitter comes out. My Aunt Jen, we did that to her husband's car when they got married. And they uh-huh. had glitter in that car until they sold it. Like, it never <laughs> yeah. came out. Ever. So, speaking of uh, assholes and glitter. Uh, yes. So, my fancy. <laughs> That's the one my I roommate a long man. time ago Remember decided to get... <laughs> No, he decided to get edible glitter, and it comes in this thing like this little tiny. And you put like the world's smallest little like poof into something, and it just say like, it's glitter beyond belief. Well, he put some in um, a bottle of cranberry juice. Now, I use cranberry juice as a mixer, so mine was sitting next to it, and it was the exact same one. I didn't realize that I had grabbed the, the glittery one until I look at my cup at the end. There's just like glitter all over my cup. Well, the next day I go to the bathroom and I, I flush the toilet and I stand up. And I'm like, why is there glitter in my toilet? And then it dawned on me, it's all still there. And it's probably still in there. I'm, I'm still probably still yeah. shitting glitter to this day. Shitting glitter is coming to War Tour next year, by the way. They are actually. <laughs> that, that's a. Uh... That, that's a new phrase for uh, coming out of the closet, uh, being like, Mom, Dad, I shit glitter. And they'll go, I'm oh, glitter. we're proud of you, son. We saw that coming. <laughs> God in heaven. <laughs> oh, well, on that note, 